Welcome to Folklore on the Rocks. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Logan. I'm Lindsay. And this is Folklore on the Rocks. Oh, boy. I'm so excited. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> it is an exciting day. We've got a very exciting <laughs> creature, and I'm very excited to tell you all about it. You guys, Logan is so excited. So excited. <laughs> 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 Tell us about well, okay, no, no, no. Let's wait a second. First, okay. let's talk about okay, our we'll drink, settle, and then you can tell us first. Everything. First, we drink. Okay. <laughs> first, we drink in the true Viking fashion. Yeah, or maybe I guess they drink after. I don't know. Or drinking. during drinking is the true Viking Viking fashion, correct? And what else do Vikings <laughs> drink? But oh, um, they I believe drink mead. Oh, mead, you say? <laughs> they do. I think they drink mead and ale. Mead dates back a long time. It's similar to wine, in case you've never had it before. A lot of people haven't had mead. You know, usually what I say to people who haven't had mead is picture like a really dry white wine and you'd be pretty close as far yeah. as flavor and it goes. And it can depend on the mead, too. Like mm-hmm. some, some are sweeter than others. Sugar's added to some, I assume. So it's similar to wine, but instead of grapes, it's made with honey. So like very specifically, it's made with honey, water, and yeast. And you can add other flavors to it by putting in herbs and spices and fruits. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, alcohol comes from yeast eating sugar. And the sugar has to come from somewhere. Often it comes from grapes. But in this instance, it comes from honey. And now you know how to make me. (laughs) Which honestly might make it even healthier than wine. I don't mm. know. I haven't looked up anything about that, so don't take that for gospel. But I know I'm not a doctor, but, but I do like mead. <laughs> but in general, like honey is a safer sugar. Like adding honey to stuff is healthier than adding straight up sugar to stuff. Yeah, so. it seems if I'm if I need to project an image of I take care of myself and I'm a health conscious person, I could say, yeah, I would like some honey instead of some sugar. Yeah, that would work. I'll take that honey in my tea instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes. We don't have access to a whole lot of mead here in Utah, unfortunately. Nope. The first the first mead that I had was brewed by my friend Dimitri. There you go. <laughs> From what I understand, it has kind of a, a, a small shelf life. So it's not like how wines can age and get better. It's like a year or two. Yeah, it's got a window. When you want to drink it. It doesn't keep up super well. Um, but for us, since we don't have a ton of wine available here, a ton of wine, we have wine, but we don't have a ton of mead here in Utah. And we've got, we have a local, a local winery that makes some mead. I haven't tried it before. Um, but we, we specifically are drinking Chaucer's honey mead or just Chaucer's mead, but it's honey. Yeah. It's it's available (laughs) in our liquor stores here. Um, and it's, it is, it is of the meads I've had. It's a sweeter mead. Mm-hmm. But it, it does the job. Best while cold. Yes. Um, so it's it, it does come with a spice bag that you can use if you want to heat it up and make like mulled or hot spiced mead. Or you can just drink it chilled like like you would a white wine. It's, it's mm-hmm. a lot easier. It tastes better. Probably don't want to drink at room temperature. Not going to taste as great. Um, but that's this mead specifically is from the Barghetto Winery, and it's from Honey, and I think it's a winery that's in California, but the Honey is also from California, too. 
So we're drinking that. We're having a good time. The one thing about mead is uh, because it does have a fair amount of sugar to it. Be careful when you drink too much of it because you will get a hangover. This is more so when it's hot. This is a hangover-inducing alcohol. I can speak from experience. Yeah, maybe maybe a good drink to to sip. Yeah, um, yeah. it's it's not from what I was reading earlier. I think it's like an eleven percent or eleven percent by volume. But it's not the most alcoholic beverage out there, but, but it, uh, it's, it, like wine can trick you too. Yeah, especially if you're drinking sweet wines. Like they're really easy to drink, and you can drink a lot pretty fast you know you you hit that that rosé or something or that moscato and you're just like oh this is yummy and uh can get a little bit dangerous at times that's for sure <laughs> but yeah we're having a good time we we and by we i mean me sort of but super mostly logan are very very excited to talk about our creature tonight Oh, so excited. So what excited. What is it? Logan, tell us. Well, I could tell you, but I think I'd rather sing it for you. <laughs> See, I have, a, I, have a, I have a selection here from an old uh, Viking saga uh, translated by Kevin Schmidt, I believe is the, uh, the pronunciation, uh, from the saga of Clerks. Uh, the song oh is called Berserker. My love for you is like a truck berserker. Would you like some making fuck berserker? My love for you is like a rock berserker. All right. If anybody actually gets the joke in there, we're, oh we're my friends God. for life. I, I super <laughs> think that we need to make that like a ringtone for people. <laughs> it might be copyrighted, but you know, I'm whatever. I'm sure it is. But uh, yeah. So yes, we are doing berserkers. Um <laughs> That is our creature for today's show. We're going to look at it from the, a couple different angles. Um, the supernatural angle and also the historical angle of you know what goes into the story of the Berserker. Um, My two favorite angles. Yes, it's a, it's a good way to start. So to start off with, just from the very, very bare bones, you know, we all know the word berserk. Uh, that's a pretty common word in the English language to kind of lose control and to enter an animalistic, uh, you know, frenzy state. Uh, and that's it. And the origin of that comes from these uh, Viking warriors. Uh, the berserkers were, uh, they were kind of believed to be an elite group of animal warriors that went into battle with very little or no armor focusing on you know an all offense and almost no defense strategy um and really being one of the first recorded instances of psychological warfare placed at at, at just the highest uh, as, as high a level as skill and, and physical prowess i mean yeah intimidation was like a, a really big factor in it was this. a tool that they used like a, like anything else yeah so they were uh, they were shock troopers in Viking armies. They weren't the entirety of Viking forces. Uh, they weren't. You know, it wasn't just a, a whole pile of raiders uh, all losing their minds, not wearing any armor, and marching into battle with no formation whatsoever. Uh, just a couple of them. Um, just enough to kind of go ahead and break the ranks of anybody ahead of, uh, that they're marching into to really break a lot of morale. There's a lot of accounts of these these crazed Northmen uh, wearing nothing but animal skins into battle, biting their own shields and going into these frenzied states before combat. Uh, 
And it's something that has uh, gone forward into a lot of different uh, forms in pop culture, and we'll explore some of those as we go. But yeah, so that's that's the intro to The Berserker. Uh, any questions so far, Lindsay? Um, no. I mean, it's it's. I really like that it, we're kind of creeping into the etymology behind the word berserker, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you said, everybody's heard the term to go berserk about something to to freak out and rage and whatnot so it's fun to kind of explore that and then it's i'm just really excited about learning more about the magical aspects of of this creature of this myth and so to start with I'd, i'd like to kind of explore berserkers from the external view uh, this is from those who were on the uh, the in the unlucky position to be those who were raided by Vikings. <laughs> That's uh, they see these the, these long ships pull up, you know, out of the fog, and and warriors pour out. God, what a terrifying sight that must have been. And on the front line, they don't have their biggest, most most heavily armored troops. They have. What I'm going to assume are men. I was unable to find any written instances of women, although there's an awful lot of representation of, of you know, all you know genders throughout. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't as woke as now, but, but it was yeah. a little bit more woke than you'd think. I'm, I'm fairly um, certain kind there of, were, kind of were definitely I, Viking warrior women, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. As far oh, as absolutely. I, as far as I know, yeah. yeah. Shield maidens, that was kind of a thing. But uh, as far as berserkers... As far as officially having the name, not sure. Could be yeah. wrong. Yeah, so it wasn't maybe, alive. Maybe they were woke enough to not even need feel the need to mention it. Yeah, maybe it was a non-issue. If yeah. only we could all be so advanced. Right. We will get there someday. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. And so it was believed that these warriors were unkillable. That the more you you struck at them, or the more arrows you fired into them, the angrier they got and the stronger they got because of it. Which just um, just makes them scarier. Yeah, in in many instances, uh, there were specific tactics for how to deal with a berserker. Most of the time, it's get them down at range before they can close the distance, or find a way to distract them long enough to over to outnumber them. It's a fighting style that warranted thought specifically on how to deal with it, uh, which is interesting <laughs> to yeah. say the least. So. Here we have an excerpt from the Inglinga Saga uh, by Snorri Sturluson. It was written in the 1200s, and it's largely regarded to be a pretty accurate account of some of the early history of the Vikings. Uh, so check it out. When Odin of Aesaland came to the north, and the DR came with him, they introduced and taught to the others the arts which people long afterwards have practiced. Odin was the cleverest of all, and from him the others learned their arts and accomplishments. And he knew them first, and knew many more than other people. But now, to tell why he is held in such high respect, we must mention various causes that contributed to it. When sitting among his friends, his countenance was so beautiful and dignified that the spirits of all were exhilarated by it. But when he was in war, he appeared dreadful to his foes. This arose from being able to change his skin and form to any way he liked. Another cause was that he conversed so cleverly and smoothly that all who heard him believed him. And he spoke everything in rhyme, such as now composed which we call scaldcraft. 
He and his temple priests were called songsmiths, for from them came that art of song into the northern countries. Odin could make his enemies in battle blind or deaf or terror-struck, and their weapons so blunt that they could no more but than a willow wand. On the other hand, his men rushed forward without armor, and were as mad as dogs or wolves, bit their shields, and were as strong as bears or wild bulls, and killed people at a blow. But neither fire nor iron told upon themselves. These were called berserker. Good old Snorri, man. Ah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he was... Uh... We'll talk about the snippet in a second, but from what I know about him, which is very, very little, he was Icelandic. Uh, mm-hmm. He was, I believe, like a Christian historian of some a, a Christian yeah, chronicle. From what I understand, maybe? from what I understand, that that's correct. Uh, a lot of his stories were the the Christian interpretation of these of these old ways, but he he tried to be a little less dismissive than several other uh, chroniclers of yeah. other of other cultures i he guess he felt like a, an og anthropologist kind yeah. of really I, he's kind of kind of like another another herodotus in a, a way. little bit yeah um now one thing to note in in that passage he did uh talk about how they went in without armor specifically uh it is from uh, sturlson's writings that the bear circer part of of the name berserker meant uh, bear chested it's like barefoot kind of uh, b-a-r-e without clothing or armor into battle now the revised and more widely accepted interpretation of this uh, is that it actually means uh, bear shirt as in b-e-a-r uh wearing actually the the skin of a bear into battle as armor, kind of, but really more as an intimidation tactic. Well, and it fits a lot of it fits right into the lore of a lot of shapeshifting myths. Oh um, yes, it kind, does. Kind of like skinwalkers. In this passage, specifically, it specifically mentioned that you know, like this arose from him being able to change his skin in any form, any and form in any way he likes. Right. So, like, um, it it was the skin had some sort of bearing. <laughs> no pun intended on on this berserker aspect yes there were the berserkers yeah. known for their sarks made of bears and the ulfhethnars well, and, they and, were wolves yeah 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 um, and I think it really interesting was the fact that they specifically learned this from Odin mm-hmm. and uh, one of the interesting things about them is it it's not so much just kind of chilling out in the boat until it's time to go into battle where they're just like, okay, yeah, so uh, first one to collect 10 uh, scalps, you win. No, they did a thing called Berserker Gang, which is the battle dance. It's the frenzy before uh, you go in. Now, I've actually, uh, just recently, in the last couple of days, uh, I'll call it research, um, (laughs) (laughs) I have gone to three different instances of kind of frenzied dancing motion one was at a oh uh let's see one was at a very very uh good but serious crowd heavy metal concert as um, you do i'm glad i didn't break my nose in that one oh, um man. <laughs> it was it was a it was a rough crowd but uh 
any anyway, they think really the mosh pit is pretty close. The idea of uh, just the leaping frenzy. and getting all of the energy and all of the adrenaline going all the time. It, it's uh, it, it in many ways it reminds me of uh, like the the uh, Hassassin dance, uh, you know, the the dervishes. Uh, there are other uh, high energy fighting styles and uh, and warriors that utilize this tactic, but the berserkers were really known for it. Um, also, I feel like we would be remiss as the as the drinking and folklore show <laughs> to not touch on the toxicology element of of these guys. I love toxicology. I I'm a true crimer at heart too, so <laughs> I yeah, don't think these we can guys, get into this kind of stuff. I love. Yeah, there's been a lot of evidence, and it, some of it I think is conjecture, but it fits more than it doesn't uh, that a lot of the berserker you know frenzy and dance and all, everything that comes with it was spurred on by either large large amounts of alcohol uh which i would believe i i know i have my best dance moves are after several drinks we've, uh, we've talked about this before <laughs> and i i find it hard to overstate how insane logan's ability to <laughs> A, stay upright, and B, be as graceful as, like, a gazelle when he is, is dancing his face off. Like, it's it's bananas. And, like, super, super impressive. <laughs> like, it's hard oh, to you, overstate this. <laughs> um, there may be no other person that I know that can handle this as well as you. And maybe it's your ancestry. Well, maybe yes. I, I I'll chalk it up a little bit to being able to survive the berserker gangs. These are his uh, people, you guys. Yeah, that is how I can just dance all night long to our local '80s cover band. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is where I went the night after the heavy metal concert. Oh, spazzies! They're the greatest. Yes, and then the final the final kind of example that I did of the the berserker gang. I attended a wedding where I, there was, again, way too much dancing. Um, and just the act of dancing and m- moving to music and kind of l- being free with no right or wrong way to do it, I feel like that's the beginning of what leads into the Berserker outlook. Yeah. Now, it's something that... Uh, so alcohol, I definitely believe it. There's also been some conjecture that um, this battle madness was brought on by hallucinogenic mushrooms. That. Definitely sounds like it could con- contribute to that. When you're seeing things, I mean, it's pretty pretty easy to use that to fuel that fighting feeling. So there, there are a lot of different accounts as far as what goes into the berserker mindset. But for the most part, uh, the, the lack of acknowledgement of pain is a big part of it. Confusion about who the enemy actually is is usually a big part of it. Yeah, it'd be a lot um, of friendly fire, for lack, for lack of a better yeah. term. <laughs> and but, fighting you know, they brawl anyway. like a vicious animal. Yeah. Um, so I would I would believe that someone in a drug induced state might do that. Um, there's also been a lot of talk that uh, that it could have been the early utilization of people with uh, schizophrenia. Interesting. Um, and that, yeah, I no, guess that would contribute into how not every not every warrior was a berserker. Yeah, not everybody. Not everyone was a berserker. Not everybody from Scandinavia was a Viking. Uh, this was a, a specific group within a group here. 
and they were believed that they had this this blessing or this curse from the gods. It was largely associated with Odin that they could but enter this this indestructible battle trance state. And a lot of it is is tied back to the drive for a glorious death. Yeah, and that and that entry into Valhalla, mm-hmm. the, like the literally the ultimate goal. Yeah, and that's how you do it. Uh, there have been a whole lot of Viking, not Viking, um, uh, berserker archetypes in in pop culture going down the line. It's very barbarian D anD. d yeah, that. barbarian D anD. d He's that's that's a really part, good place guess, to start. But. Yeah, where they actually have a they have an action called rage. Yeah. that makes mm-hmm. them stronger and hardier in combat yeah, and reckless. But little, and... Yeah, but more reckless. Yeah, and that's kind of what these characters oh, fr- are really frenzied all about. rage. That's what the other one's called. Yeah. Frenzied rage is like the next step beyond rage. But yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, that's got that element to it. But what what are some other um, berserker tie-ins with pop culture? Well, uh, the biggest one in, in Marvel comics, we talked about how they borrow a lot from from Norse mythology in their characters like mm-hmm. Thor. But in their archetypes, you look at Wolverine. He's he's a quintessential berserker um, True. because he because he can't be hurt. His fighting style is one of utter reckless abandonment um, and claws and yeah, and claws. <laughs> <laughs> so he he doesn't know how to fight in a way that. It has an element of self-preservation to it. Another great example of this is the Hulk, a character that the angrier he gets, the stronger he gets. And his form and, changes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's a that's a really easy tie-in. Uh, and if someone's you know, if someone was wondering what's a berserker like, uh, think the Hulk, and you would have yeah. you would have the right idea. Take a, take a um, super intelligent person and turn them into a mindless raging killing machine essentially yeah and that i mean it's an archetype you see all over the place um both both krieg and salvador in the in the borderlands games uh, (laughs) different flavors of berserkers okay (laughs) um and i could i could go on and list them all and i'm sure everyone's thinking of of some kind of character that does this tweet them to us tweet them to us yeah yeah we'd love to hear your favorite berserker archetype um I've got a little little quote here. Uh, this is from this is from the saga of Hrolf, Hrolf Kraki. There we go. Uh, it's I a like 13th it. century Icelandic legendary saga uh, about Hrolf Kraki, who was a king who would have lived in the early sixth century. Bodvar Bjarki plowed into them now, hacking two-handed, his only thought to do as much damage as he could before he fell. And now that they fell in heaps before him, one on top of another, and both his arms are bloody to the shoulder, and he felled so many, the dead were stacked all about him. He stormed on as if he were insane. As if he were insane. Yeah, something like that. I like it. (laughs) And it's this idea of the blood-soaked, you know, steam rising off of them warrior that feels no pain and just continues marching forward as the unstoppable force. It's terrifying. Um, Like that primal right in your face. Yeah, and that's really how a lot of the victims of of these Viking raids perceived these warriors. Um, They were a very scary thing. I'd imagine Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, if if a berserker comes in, chances are you run or you won't survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a good thing. 
Now, internally, among the Vikings, to have the status of a berserker was a really cool thing. Uh, that was a mark of honor. Um, there are actually some Viking rulers and leaders that were, you know, uh, like, for example, uh, in, in the TV show uh, Vikings, um, there's a character, Ivar the Boneless, uh, who is a, a pretty interesting character <laughs> and based on a, a real historical character. Um, and if you read Ivar the Boneless's, any of his, uh, you know, Wikipedia entries or anything like that, uh, one of his many occupations was Berserker. Uh, that is because he had, yeah, he had a reputation as a warrior that would go into this frenzy and, uh, you know, kill until there was nothing to be killed. And that was a really cool thing to the Vikings. So uh, it, it's neat that this is a, a creature in many ways that has some supernatural elements, um, but also some revered elements. This is some, this is a gift from the gods mm-hmm. um, and something to... Not to not to be squandered, I guess, is is the goal here. Well, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's like it's it's showing how how much stronger they can be, and the fact that they're blessed, and kind of utilizing that in their pillaging and yeah, other pillaging battles. and plundering <laughs> and general ravaging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not always, you know, uh, the best outcomes for the places that they are, the shores they're landing upon. But, uh, you know, it was very much what ha- just happened at the time, you know? Yeah. And and there's a lot of belief that from these stories of these totem-based uh, frenzy warriors, uh, that from these stories, we got some of the early accounts of werewolves. Um, and that I can really see because the, there were the, the, there were the wolf ones that you talked about. Yes, and they would uh, they, there's drawings and illustrations of them uh, wearing wolf pelts into armor uh, into into battle as armor, and it's uh, it's definitely something that they they took a lot of pride in. Mm-hmm. They channeled the spirits of the bear, the wolf, the boar. They carried these like totems or like a patronus into battle. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and they thought that that gave them strength. Um, well, and I mean, just and, with the power of the human mind, like thinking yeah, and something can make you stronger. Yeah, we've all we've all heard the accounts of the mother who lifts a, a car off, you know, their child in a in a fit of yeah. that adrenaline. Uh, of adrenaline, man. Yeah. I'm sure that and was I, pumping. I know. I have. Uh, gotten into a situation where adrenaline's pumping and you don't feel things that normally would have hurt a lot more. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> hmm. and that, for, for me, it's usually stupid things like being on stage. Uh, when, <laughs> when, you've got, when you've got a couple hundred audience members watching you, okay, you can, you can tough down having just dinged your knee on the underside of a table as hard as you can. Hitting your funny bone it's somewhere. A, yeah. <laughs> you, can ju- you can just keep it under control. Uh, and so I think on a smaller scale, that's kind of that's what goes into the berserkers as well. It's just being right in the moment, enjoying the flow of combat. Um, now, while I don't like to glorify the, you know, the blood, guts, and gore that comes with hacking your opponent to pieces, I do think there is something to be said for living in the moment. Um, that, that kind of walking the knife's edge and not planning anything and not regretting everything is a really cool place to be, no matter what you're doing. The berserkers just happen to do it when, you know, 
slaughtering others. Yeah, you talk, <laughs> you talk about the zone, and that's exactly where these guys or gals were. They were in, literally in the zone of oh, yeah. this headspace. Mm-hmm. Whether it of was just- magical or whether it was psychological or uh, mental illness of some some sort. <laughs> and really, I think it's a little instance of a kind of a feedback cycle. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the warrior is in one mental state and they're, we're going to call them, I guess, victim in this, <laughs> is, in a, is in a different mental state. And between those two, there is, there is projection and perception and there is a story. And it's interesting to see kind of what lasted uh of these moments of terror and fear and i do think it is also worth noting that while this is a frenzy based on rage and 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 furor it is not really anger um that's not really where it usually comes from it it, it is this glory rage yeah it's like more an intense like uh something that they love to do they love to be yeah. fighting and gloriously representing everything that they enjoy. Like, hmm. I guess that's not a great way to describe it, but uh, anyway, you continue. It's cool. Well, yeah, just <laughs> again, go to any heavy metal show and look at the mosh pit. <laughs> Ask yourself, why are people in there? And it's because it's a feeling you're not going to get anywhere else. And <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so... While I think Berserkers are freaking cool, I also feel like it should also be noted that with with Norse mythology specifically, uh, we kind of have to be a little careful these days. Um, There are a lot of people who have kind of tried to claim it over the years as superior to, you know, other people that that it is part of a a proud, you know, white power culture. Um, Yeah. And really, when researching Norse mythology, it's it. You don't have to fall down the rabbit hole far before you find some kind of statement saying that one race is better than another. And that's where I really want to kind of draw the line on this. I, I think that, you know, we are celebrating this this culture, even though it is a culture that was based on pillage and plunder and and not necessarily kindness. No. Uh, it's still something to be remembered and celebrated but not necessarily claimed as superior in any way right. to any other group. Well, and with these guys too, like it wasn't necessarily, uh, I don't, it, it wasn't really a, a race thing per se, because they were really fighting basically anybody else that wasn't specifically mm-hmm. like a Viking, you know, and maybe even other Vikings. I don't, I guess it wasn't really based on a skin color. Really. I would, think it was anywhere they could go and get their hands on more stuff or somewhere they could find a battle right if anybody saw the if if you saw the movie with antonio banderas the the 13th warrior um that's not 100 accurate but it's also not you know inaccurate Mm -hmm. um viking war bands were not just you know a bunch of blonde haired blue-eyed guys they were the best fighters they could find yeah. from from Wherever villages they that they went through. Sometimes they were slaves that they collected. There's a really great song by uh, a band called Turisas. Uh, they are, yes, another heavy metal band. Uh, <laughs> hey, I know we have at least a few fans out there that are just as into heavy metal as you are. 
I, there's 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 heavy metal for everybody if you're willing to explore it. Uh, there's a lot of different flavors of it, um, and this particular song by by Turisos is called the Varangian Guard. Um, All right, <laughs> and it and and it talks about the it it has profiles of the different warriors that made up the Varangian Guard. Now the Varangian Guard were the Vikings that went east towards Russia. Um, okay. And so they were land-based mercenaries, and they collected warriors that that way. So none of these cool um, Viking ships. Yeah, the the ships that we all picture—that's that's one group of Vikings, and then the other ones went the other way, and you know they met other people as they went, and they carried with them these stories, and they carried with them these ideas of what makes a good honorable warrior, and very little of that had to do with what color your skin was, right. It makes a lot of sense in that regard because why why does your skin color matter if what we're looking for is fighting prowess? You know, mm-hmm. like this other person could be a way better fighter than this other guy. So why wouldn't we take this one rather than this one? It, it makes yeah. perfect sense if that's the the kind of community they're they're uh, being selective on something that has nothing to do with really where you're from. It's just yeah. what you can do. And so, you know, no matter where you're from, you too can be a berserker. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. It won't be me. <laughs> yeah, it's not for everybody. Yeah, definitely not me. <laughs> Maybe you. <laughs> With some training. I can only hope. <laughs> you've, you've got the attitude for it. You just need... That's... You just need more of the... That's what it takes. The skills. So yeah, it is. Uh, so just re- going back to the berserkers as a creature, right? Um, let's see. Uh, I would say this is a creature that is a humanoid for sure. But I would I like to think that there is some magical element to them, um, an augmented humanoid. Yeah. What do you think they look um, like? If uh, conjecturing magical creature, right? And shape shifting. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like some some shapeshifter element to them. Like put on the put on the bear pelt, put on the wolf pelt, and you look like what? Half man, half bear? Oh, I I think you definitely pick up some ursine or lupine traits. Uh, in in a lot of the drawings, uh, you get pictures that look very werewolf like, and so I kind of think that that's if you're gonna treat treat it like a supernatural creature, I think that that's a pretty good direction to go. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as alignment goes. I would say chaotic for sure, uh, and yeah, definitely chaotic. Probably, probably really, neutral. Ge- yeah, chaotic neutral, um, and with a strong bent toward chaotic evil. Uh, these uh, these were often regarded as not necessarily evil men, but the tools of evil men. Uh, so that's fair. There yeah. is that. Um, I did want to mention uh, one of my favorites. Uh, well, probably my absolute favorite video game ever, period, is Witcher 3. Um, and within, within Witcher 3, uh, he goes to a land that's very much like Nordic. Uh, so you, you have, um, the same type of structure of, uh, leadership and you have, very similar visuals and everything. And there is, there is like a part of the storyline there where people turn into bears. Like they have, they have berserkers within this part of the story. And it's so cool. It's, it's 
a whole part of like a, this quest and whatnot. But um, it's it's really cool to see this the, like this whole transformation thing. It's just one more mm-hmm. example in pop culture of berserkers, but it's one of my favorite personally. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's really a cool cultural element. Um, I know that it was touched on quite a bit in Skyrim, which borrowed a yes. lot from Norse mythology. Also a great one. I know it's been around for eight zillion years, and I uh, definitely have not finished it yet. So that's great. Yeah. But I, I actually <laughs> played it on, on Saturday. Um, oh, well done. Fi- finally getting into uh, some of the main quest stuff that I've been kind of ignoring for a while. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, uh, so that's pretty much what we've got for Berserkers. They're kind of a straightforward uh, creature. Um, one thing that I would like to kind of add on, just as a, just a little button on the end of it, we know that war is is something really, really uh, traumatic on yes. on soldiers, and this is something that is a universal thing and has been since the beginning of time. And so, to talk about the mental state of of warriors in any way, we're we're kind of coming at it from the outside here. Yeah. Well, and, and with the conjecture yeah. you ha- that you were saying um, with with the schizophrenia aspect of it, you know, with the mm-hmm. exploitation of some sort of, of mental illness in that way. I mean, it, it, it is some sort of manic something, but... Oh, yeah. It does feel right, you know, right in line yeah. with... But that with just some, makes it almost kind of even more yeah. tragic, you know? I mean, that that it could be some, something that is such a struggle to begin with being used for other using it using a way that's that's definitely not healthy <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure and yeah so j- with exactly what you're saying we know that that's i'm kind of a pacifist i'm not like a, a totally huge pacifist just because i i like don't have a huge problem in like video games and stuff but i guess mm-hmm. there are tv shows but but it's also that I know that that's not real, and I on, I honestly don't support any war anywhere, just because I I don't like what it does to people. But we yeah. also have one of our very 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 best friends is a captain in the army, the U.S. Army, and and he's one of the one of the best people I've ever known in my life. You know, one of the smartest, one of the kindest, and and it's. Um, you know, it, it's not ever a reflection on the people and the soldiers that 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 are part of this. It's the fact that they're happening in the first place. The fact that the war is is what's going on. The war is the problem, not any effort at the so- soldiers. Um, yeah. And I, I'm sure the berserkers are a victim in somewhat of that way as well. You know, whether they're a victim of some sort of... Uh, I guess forced drug use if it's hallucinogenics or they're being victimized by exploitation of some sort of illness that they have or well uh, and also it did culture. help to br- <laughs> yeah it just helped to build into the culture that uh, that well Fighting Germanic and Scandinavian peoples were naturally violent and stupid uh, mm-hmm. that's something that uh, well for example the, the Romans actually had uh, a phrase in Latin called uh, the Furor Teutonicus and that was the inherent uh, brutishness of the Germanic peoples 
And because they were so it, fancy over there in Rome. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and so so it did it, it did swing both ways. Uh, yeah, it worked really to their advantage, and people being afraid of them, and and they get this great reputation as this as this great killing force. Yeah. However, when it comes to when they have a great discovery or something that they want to share, or you know, get a, a good deal in a trade or in a trade agreement, uh, that takes a little bit more work for them. So yeah, and it's kind uh, of it's kind of sad too because I mean they were good tacticians and they made beautiful things, mm-hmm. you know. But they're largely remembered as being savage warriors, right. yeah. which some of them so, might have been, and I'm guessing most of and them. And they were weren't. the best at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, uh, just it's a nice reminder that there is a full story to every culture out there. Absolutely. Um, both from the you know external and internal. And while the berserkers were real people, they also have some cool, fantastical elements to them too. For sure. I mean, this is I think one of the first creatures that I think we've ever done that has firm roots in history. Yeah. It starts as it was. They were real people. Mm-hmm. And it's only like half of what it could be is really even magical. It's, it's really even a quote unquote creature, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the magical aspect, really, of them actually transforming and being some sort of shapeshifter. Yeah. Now, these are not cryptids, per se. Um, it's not really, there aren't really reports of berserkers being found in the woods or anything like right. that. Um, however, there's a lot of conjecture that people with uh, mental illness or these these flashpoint uh, outbursts may be, you know, is that is that the same as what went, you know, went into yeah. making a berserker? I, I would argue that it's a little bit different. I actually feel like it's a little closer to like football players getting really psyched up before a game. Right. That that's um, it's the zone. It, it's more yeah. of a ritual to it than building up to a flashpoint. Well, it could be even just some sort of meditative state really you mm-hmm. know like you you practice it enough and you can get yourself into the zone of anything whether it's clearing your mind and feeling calm or whether it's clearing your mind and filling it with white hot rage and oh yeah and you can you can abandon. put all kinds of things in there <laughs> yeah so i mean our, our human our, our minds are capable of really almost anything given enough <laughs> Given enough training and practice and, uh, you know, desire to get to some point short of yeah. magical powers, which, I mean, we all know magic is just science that doesn't ex- that we haven't realized exists yet. Um, <laughs> you know, it's only going to keep growing and maybe even the things that don't seem possible now will be possible in the future, which is pretty freaking knows. cool. I gotta say. I like it. <laughs> So anyway, uh, you say that's what we've got for Berserkers, right? Yep. I think we are good for Berserkers. Um, I'm sure there are things that we didn't touch on. Again, this is kind of just a, an introduction in case you didn't know what they were. But I hope, I hope everyone learned something. hope we had a good time. If anyone's got any questions or if I got things way wrong, then go ahead and tweet it to yeah, us. Yeah, let us know. We'll, <laughs> we'll respond. We'll at least read them. For sure. <laughs> we, like, like I said last week, we're going to be doing our promos at the end of our shows now. Um, So the promo that we have for you guys this week is for a show called Three Spooked Girls. And these ladies, they talk about paranormal and true crime, which uh, go together super well. And um, they also give you drink recipes and suggestions just like we do. So you already know that they're good people. 
So if spooky things are up your alley, and we are assuming that they probably are, because you do listen to us, and we do talk about some spooky things. Yeah, um, <laughs> if they aren't for you, then thanks for listening to us anyway. Listen to the ones that aren't spooky. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you do like that kind of thing, uh, definitely check the show out, and we're going to play the promo for you right now. Let's check it out. Hey guys, my name is Tara. And my name is Jessica, and together we co-host the podcast, Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal, or murder, join us every Monday as we tell our listeners about a new spooky tale or true crime case. We'll have a special drink recipe each episode picked out by me for you to enjoy while we scare the hell out of you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the hell else you listen to podcasts. Come hang out with us and get your spooky on. All right, so listen to those ladies. Um, And just as a reminder, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Folklore on the Rocks. You can find us at Twitter. At Folklore Rocks! (laughs) Pictures, notes, sources are on our website at FoklorontheRocks.com. We'll have some super cool artistic interpretations of Berserkers uh, within our notes this week, so I highly recommend checking them out. Um, we've got a Patreon, we've got a PayPal button on our website, uh, we have a merch shop, which is super cool. we got from water bottles to t-shirts to bags to notebooks to beach towels, which is Logan's favorite kind of thing. Yeah. Um, favorite random thing that we have in the store. <laughs> also makes an excellent turban. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, we've got all of those in our merch shop. That's, uh, I believe it's folkloreontherocks.threadless.com. Um, and we are giving out free stickers. If you write us a review and send us in a screenshot to admin at folkloreontherocks.com. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. But we also ask maybe rate us somewhere, leave us a review anyway. Um, once we hit that hundred reviews, we will be doing that bonus episode with that listener selected, selected creature, which could be literally anything. Anything. That's a creature. <laughs> Yeah. That's the only stipulation. That has been selected. <laughs> it there can be a humanoid creature. That's fine. But just in general, uh, tell your friends about us. If if you like what you hear, word of mouth is the best possible marketing that we could get. And, you know, I mean, only you know who you know that will like us, really. So more and more people are getting into podcasts every single day. They're as you guys know, super nice to listen to in your car, to listen to when you're working out, listen to if you're working on an art project, whatever you do with them, you know, maybe you listen to go to sleep at night. They are just gaining in popularity day in and day out. So, you know, you never know who you'll tell that might actually super enjoy listening. So we highly recommend doing that. Um, and you know we trust you. Yeah. We, we're pretty sure you have pre- you have pretty good taste because well you like us, <laughs> so therefore maybe you know some pretty cool people. Yeah, I don't know. We we will just <laughs> automatically assume that. So sounds good. <laughs> um, but we we thank you again for listening, and just tune in next Sunday. Yeah, thanks everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>